Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. When the mayor of Chicago talks about a seismic disruption of the city's economy and describes a pandemic budget, no one is expecting good news. But Chicago's challenging financial picture darkened this past week. And this weekend, we'll talk with one of the officials who will be guiding the city through some very rocky landscape. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest this weekend is Susie Park, Budget Director for the City of Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot selected her from her previous job as Deputy Chief of the Police Department's Bureau of Organizational Development. She'd been with Chicago's Office of Management and Budget before, and with a number of other city departments and agencies. Before all that, she was Director of Financial Control for Cook County, so she knows budgets, and what a budget she's dealing with now. Uh, we are continuing to practice social distancing, and we're having this conversation via Zoom conferencing. Susie Park, welcome. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Well, it is a pleasure. Uh, I suppose we ought to run through some of the basics for our listeners. The uh, city has worked very hard to balance its budget, the one that we're in now. Then along comes COVID-19 and a statewide government shutdown, travel restrictions, conventions canceling, and all the other things. It's a lot like a natural disaster, I would guess, and cities try to plan for those, but what has this one done uh, to the city financially? I think the hardest thing with this um, and what we've experienced with COVID is just the uncertainty. Um, you know, I've been through a few disasters. I've been through Snowmageddon, um, you know, with a blizzard. I've been through a lot of storms. You know, my, one of my earliest jobs with the city was with OEMC. Um, and I was in charge of a lot of the reimbursement requests with FEMA and IEMA around disasters. Uh, this definitely is very different from any of those emergency responses that I've dealt with because there's a start date, there's an end date, you know, it happens and then you work on, you know, what, how do you recover after that? The problem with COVID um, and what you we're going to talk about and what you see in our projections is just uncertainty. Um, you know, it's a pandemic, unlike um, any other I've definitely experienced in my lifetime. Um, you know, when it started, it had a trajectory, um, you know, kind of the way, and especially you're, you're going to see uh, with our revenue projections is that, you know, there's just, we just don't know when it's going to go until. Um, we're going to make certain assumptions. Um, we've looked at a lot of different um, models and, you know, when different people think the economy is going to pick up. Um, but there is just no solid answer. Um, so, you know, we're making some projections in our uh, forecast that we put out. 
um, and we're going to track it closely. But I think the hardest thing around COVID right now is just uncertainty. And there's a lot of things that are going to affect it too, right? You know, how our cases are doing, um, you know, how businesses are doing, all of that is affected by just this trajectory of this pandemic. So we're just going to have to keep an eye on it and, and, you know, move forward. And I hesitate to say traditional tough times, but in traditional tough times, <laughs> Chicago's <laughs> e economy would seem pretty poised to withstand some storms of, of various types because uh, yes. it's pretty diverse, right? Yes, absolutely. We have a, a diverse revenue stream um, from a variety of sources. And, you know, what we've learned in COVID, though, is, again, they're all impacted. Um, and, you know, like the shelter in place, I don't think we've, I've ever remember a point where we've actually like shut down the city where, you know, businesses have been closed. Um, restaurants, all of them are closed. We have no shows. Um, you know, all of this is down and it's been impacted because of it. So, you know, even with our diverse revenue streams, um, you know, COVID definitely has, has impacted us um, in a way that I don't think anyone could have imagined. Now, back in June, you and the rest of the finance team and the mayor projected a $700 million gap in the budget. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened between then and now to bring us to the $800 million gap just for 2020? Um, so the 700 for sure was early on. Um, you know, we had a couple months of uh, revenues. Um, and that was just kind of, you know, at that moment, here's what we saw. You know, since that point, one, you know, we've kind of, we've reopened, um, but we haven't, you know, what we've seen with the reopening is that even though, um, you know, the city has come back to an extent, you know, companies are not coming back all fully. You know, even though uh, we've reopened the cities, companies are choosing to, let's say, work from home. So that affects, you know, parking garage tax or some of our transportation taxes, um, because even though we have let up some of these restrictions, you know, companies are still taking their time um, and really trying to see what the trajectory is. Um, you know, our COVID cases since that point also have, you know, gone down and then kind of started to go back up again. So again, this goes to my earlier point that I think, um, you know, the trajectory of this pandemic is really going to drive um, where we think our revenues are going to go and the assumptions that we have made or will make and how that's going to really affect that. So, you know, our forecast that came out, we have another two months of uh, revenue data since then. Um, so we've looked at that. We've looked at, like I said, a lot of different um, studies and a lot of different models. And, you know, we've projected again um, where we think at this point in time. But, you know, when we get to budget in October, things could be different. You know, we may have picked up better, faster than we imagined, or we could have gone the other way. So I think this is something that we're just going to have to track very closely. Mm. Now, how much of a factor is the violence and the, the looting that we've seen in the last couple of months, is that, how is that playing into it as well? Um, so I do think that that has um, added to that. So, you know, I think this year is unique in that way. Um, we have all the uh, impacts of COVID and with the protests and um, the violence that we are seeing that has added to um, definitely our costs. Um, I'm sure it has an impact on our revenues. Um, so again, all of that coming together at this time, um, you know, has really affected our finances. And I know uh, the mayor talked about this in her address earlier this week, um, that there is a residual effect, I would assume, of people now starting to think twice about living downtown for those who do and who can afford to uh, for the businesses downtown, some of which 
have been affected by the looting. Uh, some were affected by economic conditions even before. Right. And then she said, fear begets fear. But I, I would think fear also begets revenue losses, more revenue losses. Right. I mean, I think all of that, um, like I said, is coming together right now. Um, and that's all things that we're thinking through also as we develop our budget. Um, because it's not just a matter of dollars and cents, and, um, but really being sensitive to, um, you know, what revenue streams can we tap into for next year? Um, it's not a normal year. We have, you know, high levels of unemployment. We have businesses, um, you know, that are impacted. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work to help our small businesses in the city, um, providing relief there. Um, and, you know, rental assistance and all these things, housing, um, a lot of people are affected. So, you know, this budget, it's, it's going to be difficult, not only because the gap is large, but because also, you know, we're very sensitive to the types of revenues too, that, you know, and what levers we're going to be able to pull um, to close that. So it's, it's all of those things that we're balancing um, as we work towards the budget. And uh, before we start talking about some of those levers, let's talk about the overall picture for 2021. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if, if people gasped when they heard 800 million, they, I mean, eight, yeah, 800 million, they certainly gasped when they heard $1.2 billion as we move forward. Talk about what's facing 2021. So, you know, I think 2021 is a continuation of 2020. Um, and really the story there, similarly, is revenue loss. You know, in a normal budget year, um, you know, you see small tweaks in revenue, but it's really about, you know, what expenditure costs are going to be increasing the next year. Um, what we have this year is both. Um, we have, you know, increasing expenses. All of those is something we knew about, um, you know, and that we projected in our out-year projections last year. The story, though, here is the 700, you know, over $700 million loss in revenue, um, which is not normal in a normal, you know, year-to-year -year budget, um, where we 65% of that $1.2 billion is all about revenue loss. So, you know, this impact of COVID um, continues into next year. I think, you know, our projections don't really have us, you know, picking back up until about the third quarter of 2021. Um, and again, there's uncertainty around that and how we do um, as a city uh, with COVID and, you know, vaccine, all of those things are going to impact that. But, um, you know, it's really about the revenue loss of both for 2020 and 2021. What are some of the, what, what could happen good? In other words, what could go right as far as, I mean, we're talking about so many bad things, but what could go right that would make this picture look a little bit better? I mean, I think, you know, it's really the trajectory of how we're doing with COVID as a city. Um, you know, I think, you know, the mask campaign, I think everyone continuing to wear masks and, you know, socially distancing will definitely have an impact. I think vaccine. Um, when that comes about, you know, how long it takes for everyone to be vaccinated or, you know, what that looks like, um, that's, that's going to be all, you know, a good thing that helps our economy come back. I think we're taking a lot of look at, you know, what type of assistance can we provide? Um, what are the right investments to make? Again, I think it's a lot of balancing that we're doing is trying to close this gap. What are some of the efficiencies and cuts we have to make? But we also need to really um, boost the economy. Um, collectively as a city to really get us back to where we were pre-COVID. So I think there's a lot of good things that can come. You know, I'm hoping in the best day that my revenue projections are wrong and we're doing better. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, and that as a city, you know, we are headed in that right direction. So I think, you know, continuing to be diligent about COVID, um, all of those things, um, wearing your mask, social distancing, um, you know, if we continue to do well on that and we drive the COVID numbers down, that's really going to affect, you know, 
how quickly our businesses can come back, you know, when we can all go back to watching shows, you know, playing, watching baseball in a stadium, um, all of those things affect revenue um, and us as a city. So I think, you know, those are the good things that can happen if we keep, you know, doing all these things that I know Dr. Arwadi has been talking about, uh, you know, every day, every week. Yeah, indeed. Um, so let's talk about how the city makes up for the losses to its budget. How much is dependent on help from Washington, federal stimulus money? So, you know, I think our request is that, you know, because this is pure revenue loss, and I know there's some rhetoric out there that, you know, for especially democratic cities, it's because of mismanagement. And that is not the case, you know, but for COVID, um, you know, we would have been going down our path that we had uh, started going down in 2020. Um, you know, I think I do want to mention that in 2020, when we had the $838 million gap, you know, 500, of, 500 million of that, we closed with structural solutions. So that would have carried over into, you know, this next fiscal year. Um, but for COVID and the revenue loss, you know, we would be on the path to, you know, the structural balance that we were trying to achieve, you know, down the road. And so, you know, what we're asking in federal assistance is to really help with some of this revenue loss um, due to COVID. And, you know, we're not the only city in this state, you know, this is not a Chicago only issue. Um, every large city, every small city have been affected um, by COVID-19. So, you know, I think the ask of the federal government is to, is to help us um, with some of this revenue loss um, and to provide that. You know, we received CARES Act funding, um, which was a definite help for our COVID-19 response, but it is only limited to COVID-19 costs. Um, and so I think some of the ask that we have for the federal government is to really help with, you know, a lot of this that we see across the nation um, to help with our economy, help with, you know, our finances to really get us back up to, you know, where we were before COVID. Is the help needed for 2020, at least the federal help, already in play? In other words, are these things that are already in the pipeline or does there have to be new money for that even before we start talking about 2021? So for 2020, what we are um, eligible to do is that we did receive CARES Act funding for our COVID-19 response. And um, where we are benefiting from that is that, you know, we incurred a lot of costs in the city, both personnel and non-personnel, on our budget to respond to COVID. Um, so what we are doing is using some of our CARES Act funding to help reimburse for those costs. So there will be an offset um, from our CARES Act funding to help with, to close some of the shortfall. Um, again, it's very limited to just COVID-19 response, and it is um, not for revenue replacement. So, you know, we are lucky in that way uh, that it was all hands on deck and we did incur costs as a city and that we can um, transfer some of those costs to our CARES Act funding um, to help offset some of that shortfall. But, you know, what we do need for 2021 and even for, you know, if we get it this year is to help with some of the revenue replacement. I think that's, you know, the day-to-day -day operations of the city. Um, you know, I think that's where we need additional federal assistance for. And we have to ask, what happens if the answer from Washington, whether it's politically driven or not, is no? Um, so we are preparing for that. I think, you know, we are going to move forward with this 2021 budget um, under the assumption right now that we are not getting it. Uh, we have not gotten any signs that that's coming at the moment. I know there's been a lot of discussion um, at Congress. I know um, they failed to reach an agreement, but I know there's ongoing discussion there. Um, but we're going to continue to move forward. You know, we're going to have to close this gap and, and present a balanced budget uh, sometime mid-October. And so we're going to continue to move forward. I think we're going to put some contingencies in place if federal funding is available and comes um, into play. 
uh, where we can see kind of how that's going to help us um, and affect our budget. But we are going to continue to move forward to, to present a plan um, and close this gap by mid-October. Well, now, uh, you know, here are phrases you always hear at budget time, and we heard in the, uh, in the speech earlier this week by the mayor, tough choices. We hear that a lot. We hear everything's on the table. That often means we're talking about pain for some people, and the mayor says the administration's already talking to employee unions. How does, an, how does the budget process move through the humanity of this at a time like this? So, you know, I think that's a lot of the work we're doing. Um, you know, we've been working with all of our commissioners, all of our department heads. We've done a lot of outreach, you know, as we kicked off the forecast on Monday. You know, we also kicked off our uh, city outreach plan. Um, so we've been hearing from a lot of our residents. I've done, you know, three days of Facebook Live so far, um, covering different areas of the budget. And we still have two days. We'll have tonight and tomorrow um, to talk through that and to really get some input into, you know, what our residents, given that we have to make a lot of hard choices um, in this upcoming budget, we definitely wanna hear from our residents about what is important to them, what are critical services that they depend on um, to help us, you know, with some of this prioritization that we're gonna have to do. Because, you know, the reality is with this type of deficit, we're gonna have to make some hard decisions um, you know, some things are going to have to be prioritized above others. And so, you know, we want to hear from our residents about, you know, what is most important to everybody as a city so that that can help inform these decisions. I think, like I said early on, you know, where we are with COVID-19, I think there's some sensitivity there too about, you know, what types of revenues can our residents, you know, stomach right now, um, given where we are um, as an economy, given everyone's situation with COVID-19, and that is not lost upon me. So, you know, we're keeping all of that in mind, which is making, you know, this, that, this budget's going to be difficult for all of those reasons. You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. We're talking via Zoom conferencing with Chicago Budget Director Susie Park. Uh, we should, we have to address the issue of layoffs because that's going to be one of the first questions people start asking is, right. does this mean we're going to need or have to have fewer people working? How is it, where is it at this point? Um, so I don't have a number. I know a lot of people have asked me like, how many people, um, you know, this is all part of the discussions we're having. Um, with both our commissioners, um, with our uh, labor unions, um, you know, and part of this is going to be, you know, what services are we prioritizing? What is critical? Um, who provides those services? Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be a lot of discussion between now and budget over the next several weeks and months of what this is going to look like. Um, you know, I know these are hard conversations. Um, you know, we're going to look at vacancies first, of course, you know, if you, as you heard the mayor, um, you know, layoffs are probably last on the list, but we know it's, it's going to be on the list um, because we have to make reductions. Um, so those conversations are ongoing um, over the next several weeks. How do you deal with the things that, you know, are obviously could be lessened, but are things that haven't been controlled up to this point? For example, and calling on your expertise and experience in the police department, police overtime is, is a big deal. And yet, given all the things that are going on right now with public safety, with the shootings, with the, the protests, with the looting, I would assume police overtime could conceivably go up. 
So we've done a lot of work, uh, definitely myself, around police overtime for, for years. Uh, you know, we actually had a really good plan um, at the beginning of the year. Um, we put a really good um, strategy around overtime with the police department and all of our departments, um, where we were really digging into, you know, what's the cause of it? You know, how are we assigning people? Um, are we using our resources um, to the best way we can? Um, and so those conversations started early on. Now, you know, COVID-19, of course, came in throw us for a loop. Um, and then, you know, everything else that happened on top of that, you know, added to um, some of the difficulty around police overtime that we ha are having currently. Um, I think there was a good conversation there. Superintendent Brown was very committed um, to working with my office um, as we were really digging into the overtime numbers. Um, but, you know, with all the stuff going on, you know, I understand what the police department has to do at this moment, um, that they need staff out there. Um, so, you know, we're working together. We're continuing to have these conversations. Now, you know, our goal for 2020 was to have them at budget. Um, I understand given all of these things that are occurring. And really, that's what overtime is for. Um, it's not, you know, where we were having these discussions prior to everything um, coming about is that, you know, on a normal Tuesday, you know, why was there overtime? Or, you know, could there be better ways we are, you know, using, allocating our resources? And I think those conversations will continue into the, the next year. But overtime is meant for emergencies, um, whether it's COVID-19 or some of the protests that we've seen or um, the looting. I mean, that is really what overtime is meant to be used for. So I think, you know, it's a little bit of a push and pull right now, but we are going to continue um, working through overtime um, and trying to reduce those costs. Um, what kind of help could the state provide if it wants to, and this is where you get into those lawmakers who are saying, but Chicago's wasteful, what could the state do? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think we've had, um, you know, just internally about, you know, are there other ways we can ask the state for help? Um, understanding that the state is probably in a similar position um, as we are, you know, they're probably, and I know that their uh, budget is just as affected um, as ours uh, with COVID-19. So, you know, what are some of the ways we can help each other and work together um, on, on some of these uh, issues that we are both collectively having? So I think those conversations are also going to be ongoing. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the, uh, the people part of this, uh, because, you know, the, another catchphrase we hear a lot is the budgets are documents about our priorities. Yes. Um, what will the next budget say about Chicago's in a time of crisis like this? So I think that's the balance um, that we're doing. If you, if you recall the last budget, you know, we definitely put investments into mental health, uh, violence prevention, housing. These are all the things, you know, I know the mayor feels very strongly about are part of her values um, and that we heard from all of the town halls and a lot of the outreach that we did last year. I think we would like to continue that um, into next year. You know, I think these are important. We put additional investments into those areas with even our CARES Act um, and because we knew those were impacted due to COVID. And so there was additional investment in those areas, whether it was rental assistance, uh, small business assistance, um, housing assistance, all of those things, additional funding into mental health, uh, violence prevention. That all happened on top of what we put into last year's budget. Um, we want to continue down that road and have some real conversations around um, those areas and, and still be able to do those investments while still trying to balance um, this very large uh, deficit um, and, and kind of see how that all plays out. And I know some of your marching orders have been to look at budgets through a lens of equity. Absolutely. Uh, another, another 
phrase, but, but one that has been very important, a key of this administration. But what are the, what's the likelihood that all of what has happened in 2020 is going to end up having to push some of those plans, if not off to the side, back a bit? Um, so there is a reality, probably not off to the side, but maybe it's a little bit slower. I know that, you know, with COVID-19, it has been all hands on deck. Um, and, you know, we are moving into recovery, uh, but they are still very important initiatives. And I know, you know, things like violence prevention. Uh, I don't know if you saw our Facebook Live yesterday, but, you know, Dr. Arwadi came in and talked about the mental health work, that that continues, uh, even with COVID-19, that, you know, these investments that are very important um, to the investments that, you know, I know the mayor envisions making to the city um, that we will continue to build upon will move forward. Um, you know, the speed at which, you know, we're going to continue to look at that, you know, ideally, we would like to continue pushing that uh, into next year. So I think that is kind of the, the direction that I'm headed, um, even with uh, all, of, all of the other issues and um, decisions and hard choices that we're going to have to make. Are there things that everyday people could do to either either to say, hey, we're willing to shoulder some more of the burden or um, just everyday things that people might be able to do. Because at some point, you're gonna be asking some people in one form or another more. Is that, is that not a, a reality? Yes, uh, so I think what will be helpful, and you know, we have a survey out there, we're asking for feedback, we're asking for comments. Um, you know, uh, we have a website, it's chicago.gov slash 2021 budget. Um, we've had a lot of people fill out our survey, uh, actually twice more than what filled it out last year within the last three days that we opened it. Hmm. Um, we want to hear feedback because I think when it comes down to the hard choices that we're going to have to make, um, we you know, ideally, I would love to hear from our residents of, you know, this is absolutely critical to us. Um, this maybe we can hold for a year or two. Um, so, you know, any type of feedback I think that we get from our residents, we want to hear uh, because I think that will help inform some of the hard choices and decisions that we're going to have to make. Are there going to have to be decisions at the, at the government level to completely rethink how government delivers services? Yes, absolutely. I think one of the um, one of the ways I'm approaching this budget is also talking to all of our departments about how are we reimagining government. Um, we've learned a lot through COVID. Um, a good example is that uh, you know, unlike our private sector partners, like we've never remote worked as a government. Um, so you know, when COVID nineteen hit and we had to move into a teleworking model very quickly, you know, those were there were a lot of lessons learned there. Um, and so I think, you know, building off some of that, we've had a lot of discussions um, myself with commissioners about is there a better way we can service and provide services to our residents. Given what we've learned from COVID, uh, I honestly believe that when we come out of COVID, we're probably not going to go back to everything the way it was, you know, as a society. I think we're going to, you know, as a society move in different directions, maybe um, from how we were pre-COVID. And I think you know, some of the tasks that I've put to our department heads is to think through that. You know, what are some of the um, constructive ways and more efficient ways we've been able to deliver service through, through COVID um, that maybe we want to continue? Um, you know, is there, does everyone need to come in person for certain things or can we do it through Zoom? Um, or can, you know, does it have to be physical? Uh, so those are a lot of things we're working through and hopefully, you know, providing our services a lot more efficiently while reducing costs. So, uh, that is work we're doing right now. We have just about a minute left. Uh, 
How quickly or not could Chicago's economy rebound? That is an excellent question. I think um, all of that is going to uh, depend on a lot of things, uh, including COVID, including, you know, um, other things around the economy. Um, but, you know, my hope is that we will rebound, um, you know, quicker than maybe what I've projected, which is, you know, sometime mid next year. Um, you know, I think the better we can do about, you know, controlling COVID and the spread of it, um, you know, continue to inform ourselves uh, will be super helpful. And, you know, my, my ultimate goal is that, you know, we are picking up um, and that we are back to our pre-COVID levels um, sooner than anticipated. Are, are you optimistic? I, I don't know what budget people get optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm a little too optimistic. I'm always hopeful. Uh, and maybe that's a bad characteristic of a budget director. Um, because, you know, I am conservative in a way, you know, with, with, with the way I look at funding and, you know, I don't want to be too overly optimistic, but, you know, I think given all that we've uh, endured in 2020 um, around COVID and just all the things that are going on, uh, we have to be optimistic um, and we're going to continue to monitor, you know, revenue and our expenses um, as we build towards our 2021 budget. Well, Susie Park, thank you very, very much. That is Susie Park, the Director of the Budget for the City of Chicago, and thank you for spending the half hour with us. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. You can just follow the podcast links, or you can find our podcast on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.